Clear is a faster way into Capital One Arena. Download the free Clear app to beat the crowds on game day. Enter through the Clear Lane at the 7th and G Street entrance across from Clyde's. Here's Netsov, left point, big shot, tip, score! And it's 782 for Alex Ovechkin! His second goal of the game! It's 6-4 Washington! This is Caps This Morning with John Walton and Ben Raby on Caps Radio 24-7. The Capitals win a thriller over Vancouver. We'll hear from Peter LaViolette, Connor Sherry, and Marcus Johansson. And Carl Alsner joins us this morning on returning to D.C. upon his retirement and what he's up to these days. Good morning, everybody. It is Tuesday, October 18th. Welcome to Caps This Morning here on Caps Radio 24-7, presented by Clear, the faster way into Capital One Arena. It was a story told in three parts last night at 7th and F. An acceptable start, a rocky middle, and a finish with a flourish, and a 6-4 win for the Capitals over the Vancouver Canucks. Alex Ovechkin got the game off to a good start, scoring a power play goal in the game's first minute. The game would stay 1-0 until the final moments of the first, when Elias Pettersson scored with just over eight seconds left after a long dump in by Quinn Hughes, a funny bounce off the boards. Darcy Kemper couldn't play the bounce, and Pettersson able to tuck it in. The game was tied at 1. But the second period belonged to Vancouver, as the Canucks fired 19 shots at Kemper, they scored three times, including twice just 11 seconds apart from Bo Horvat and Curtis Lazar. Definitely a struggle fest for the Capitals in their own end in the middle frame. It was 4-2 after two, but the Capitals would claw their way back. Dylan Strome picked up his first goal as a Capital. It came on a power play, just 1-16 in. Then John Carlson dialed up his first goal of the season. It was a beauty of a roofer that beat Thatcher Demko. That tied it at four. Connor Sherry provided the go-ahead and what proved to be the eventual game winner on a terrific pass from Ovechkin and at number eight himself, rounded out the scoring, finishing off a four-point night in a thrilling come-from-behind 6-4 win. Four points for Ovechkin, now 18 goals from 800, and the Capitals are now 2-2 two two through four games. Winners of two in a row. The assessments of last night's game now from Peter Laviolette. Pretty even game to start. I mean, it was low chance on both sides. Yeah. First period, like, I mean, really low. It's tough to give up that goal that on the bounce. on the and Kemp's had a tough, couple of tough ones tonight. That was, that, and they're not on him. That was one, and then the one where they shot it from the point, it hits the guy's stick, sends the puck in the other direction. He's got no chance on it. Kind of fluky a little bit, but, you know, we find ourselves down going into the third period, and turning the puck over too much and uh, keeps us from playing fast and getting in there and I thought in the third period we straightened it out and played a really really good third period maybe our best period of the year and our best offensive period of the year so we were on the attack and we were pushing the whole time how important was it for the big guys to get going yeah yeah you know it's I guess it's only a matter of time before you know it starts to cash in they They've had chances and looks, but you know, at the end of the day, it's about results, and they got going in a big way in the third. And you know, it was, it was early on too in the year. That's a that's a good way to win a hockey game. 
Laviolette also saying last night that Connor Brown, who left the game and did not return, has a lower body injury and he will be reevaluated today. Brown appeared to be favoring his right leg as he went off after getting folded up awkwardly along the boards. Connor Sherry picked up the game-winning goal last night and moved to the top line alongside Alex Ovechkin and Evgeny Kuznetsov. After the game, he chatted with Al Koken from NBC Sports Washington. Kind of quite a comeback win. What was the difference in your mind in that third period? We just came together after the second. We knew we needed more. You know, they got that lucky bounce in the first that got their momentum. They scored on the power play. I think we just needed to stick to it. We didn't play a bad game overall, but we just needed to give that little extra. And um, I think we came out in the third and executed pretty well. On your goal, we've seen this before where everybody's expecting Alex to shoot and he finds you in this case. Are you kind of aware of the, I mean, he's looking for that pass maybe more than the shot these days? I mean, you always just got to be ready. Whether he's shooting that or passing it, there's usually something laying right there in the crease. He's underrated in that aspect sometimes because his, his shot's so dangerous he can make those plays and tonight I was ready for it. Part of the way through that third period, Peter Laviolette shook things up. He puts you up there with Kuznetsov and Ovechkin. It's got to be quite a compliment that he looks to you to kind of stir things up in a positive way. Yeah, I mean, I, I just take it in stride. I think I'm a kind of player who just works hard with whatever line I'm on, and if we need a spark, maybe maybe I move up there. But um, I pride myself in playing throughout the whole lineup, so I got my chance tonight, but it might be another guy's, uh, another night. What kind of momentum does this type of victory give the team moving ahead? Yeah, it's, uh, it's huge. We didn't want to let this one slip and um, stay below 500. So uh, climbing back and getting another ro- uh, home win, sorry, and going on the road now, um, I think is important. Connor, kind of thanks so much for the time. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Marcus Johansson moved to the number one power play unit before the Montreal game on Saturday. Since the move, the team has three power play goals in the two games he's been a part of it. He talked with our Ken Sabarin after the game. Well, Marcus, I guess uh, the tale of the two sides of this game, not so great second period, but you guys turn it up in the third. What was said to make the turnaround? I mean, just simply what we needed to do. We had to work harder, get pucks to the net, get bodies there, and, and try and wear them down. I think it was too sloppy at times, especially in the second period, like you said. And we were feeding their transition, and, and they took advantage of that. And I think it once in the third, we kind of, I mean, it's, it's a boring thing to say, but we played the right way, and we, we kept the puck in front of us, and, and we, we got it to the demon, and we got the puck to the net, and we went there. And, and once you do that, other things start opening up too, I think. So we just stepped up overall, I think. And you got to talk about Alex Ovechkin, obviously, a little slow start in the season, but he was outstanding tonight. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when he gets going, I think everybody follows, and he had a great game. I mean, it was good to see him get a goal right right off the hop, and, and, and I think that helps his confidence as well. And from that, I think he just uh, he kept going. And in the third period, too, he was he was amazing for us. And when he's going, it, it helps his team a lot to win games. Let's talk about you, the power play. I mean, you get inserted in the power play. You guys are r- clicking right now. What's different right now than it was in the first couple games? I don't know. I think we're just taking what there. We're not forcing things. We're, we're, we're kind of... We're moving the puck around and, and, and finding out what options are there. And, and when we have them, we take them. And I think that's that's what's been successful so far. I think we haven't been out there too long together, but but uh, it's been working so far. Well, you guys have another two-game winning streak. You head to Ottawa, another team, young team, fast team. Get some rest in the big game, too. Yeah, absolutely. You can't go in there and underestimate them. They, they have some really skilled players. They, they play fast. and. It's never easy going in there, so we got to be ready from the start, and we can't expect it to come back from two goals down every, every third period. Well, congratulations. Thank you very much. It was quite an inspiring finish last night. Caps win over Vancouver, 6-4 to four, the final. 
A quick organizational note today. If you were tuned into the game broadcast on Saturday, we told you the Caps were in the process of signing forward Sonny Milano to an NHL one-way contract. Washington assigned him to Hershey, but he had to clear waivers to get there. Good news. Yesterday, he did clear. The Bears are getting a forward who won a Calder Cup championship back in 2016 in the Columbus organization, and he also scored 14 goals and picked up 34 points for Anaheim just last season. It is a big depth move for the Caps, especially after losing Axel Janssen Fialbi and Brent Leeson on waivers prior to the start of the season. We continue this morning with our series of alumni interviews from a couple of weeks back with Carl Alsner. He's one of several Rock the Red era players that have come back to the D.C. area after their playing days have come to an end. He's working a quote-unquote real job now. He's coaching his kids, and he's getting more and more involved with the team's alumni association. Here now, my recent conversation with Carl Alsner. All right, just hanging out here at the rink with Carl Alsner and part of Alumni Weekend here. I was telling you before we turn the mic on, it's a little weird to see the Capitals alumni thing on your sweater here. But tell me about you're living locally. You're back with all the alums this weekend. This has got to be fun for you. Yeah, it is very fun. You know, I never expected to be an alumni at 34 either. You know, I had lofty goals to get to 40 and still play. But this is kind of one of my next passions is to, to try and help build a bit of an alumni program here. You know, it's always been around, but we are having a lot more guys that are freshly retired that want to come out here and, and be here full time. So hoping that I can help entice them to, to want to stay here and, and participate as well and, and grow this to a program like the Canadians or like the Leafs or, you know, kind of how St. Louis has been able to do over the last uh, bunch of years. So it's, it's good that we've got an amazing turnout. Uh, there's been tons of hard work that's gone on behind the scenes not really from me, from, from lots of other people. But, uh, yeah, we're getting it going, and, and everybody seems to be pretty happy. It's amazing that when you look at guys, and again, in your age range, Mike Green is around and Braden Holtby's around, and you guys are, you know, there's always been guys around here, but a lot of you guys have chosen to stay here when playing days come to an end, which is pretty great because you all know each other, and it builds that hockey base here even stronger. Absolutely, and, you know, we were we were part of the, you know, the Rock the Red era, right? There, it's like there's been different eras you know now is the all caps era and so we like to think that 10 15 years that we were all around i think hockey took a major leap in the dmv right and so we have a, a certain fan base that we'd like to try and connect with and i think the fact that you have a bunch of players that want to live here now i think the city the area should take a lot of pride in that you know these are guys from western canada who which is one of the nicest areas in north america that want to come out here and live full time so i think that is a bit of a feather in the cap for the dmv that that everyone's coming back and also that the area has treated all of us so well that you know we'd like to like to try and give back a little bit still somehow stay a part of the organization and and grow families here so it's i think it, everything about this uh, this spot is really turning up you mentioned the rock the red era you will be in town and around as alex ovechkin looks for 800 goals this year hopefully by mid-season goals number 20 21 and 22 get to 800 ty gordy howe Pass Gordy Howe. I still say those words and I still can't believe it myself that we're watching that in our town, just this big piece of hockey history. What's it like watching now 
as you were watching in a different capacity than being on the bench? Well, it, it was funny because when I was playing here, I never really thought much of it. You know, I was just like, you know, he shoots the puck hard, big body, smart, you know, all, all these things. And then getting a chance to play against him was kind of when I started to realize, like, this is challenging. You know, this is, this is a very good player here. Starting to understand a little bit more how he's able to be that successful. But even still, from, from just being able to watch and not even watch very much, you know, I never thought anybody was close to being as good as Gretzky at scoring goals or, or Gordie Howe, you know, like the, the fact that he's there, you have to stop and think about how crazy that is. It's one of the, what we thought was an untouchable record that is going to get touched, you know, that's what it seems like at least. So I, I think it's, it's pretty neat to have been a small part of that journey and I just hope I'm in person when it does happen. Can't wait. I never would have thought watching Gary Thorne call it on ESPN when it was Gretzky passing how all those years ago when I was in college, and now it's got a chance to call it too, which is going to be amazing. You're back local. We mentioned that. Tell us what you're up to. Yeah, so I got I got a few things going right now. We've been doing a podcast for the last year, which has been fun, but my hockey day-to-day hockey knowledge isn't what it used to be, right? I, I got other things that are happening too, so... That's, uh, that's something where you listen to Wino because he's a lot smarter on it than I am. But So we do that, and then I've been yeah coaching my, my kids' baseball team, which has been a lot of fun, but also quite hard. I feel like there's there's a lot of pressure, and I've been saying this recently, that I think coach pitching to six, seven, and eight-year-olds is the hardest job in sports <laughs> because you feel terrible when you strike them out. It's so hard to, to put it right down the middle every single time. And even when it is, they're six, and seven, and eight, and they, they can't always make contact, and then you get the parents that that want their kids to hit. So, anyways, it's just it's a it's a tough job. So I've been doing some of that, which has been interesting. A little bit on the ice with my one son Anson, and then my old neighbor here hired me to uh, to work for his tech company called Thundercat Technology, and that's been taking up the majority of my time. And it's a weird transition to go from hockey to that. You know, never having to do a spreadsheet before, barely knowing how to use my phone and and work a computer the way that I'm supposed to. I've uh, tried to send in an expense report five different times and it's been rejected every single time so so my my knowledge on just some of those day-to-day business stuff or th- things that are pretty mundane for most people is is not good so I'm working on that but but being in the tech world is crazy it, I, I'm just trying to picture and I bet fans who are listening would think the same of you in an office just wondering hey can you give me a hand here I think that's a visual that we all kind of enjoy well for sure and, and so I don't go into the office very often but when I do I'm there to distract people and unless I need help with something. Like yesterday, I was in there just to get help with this expense report. I got some guidance and still did it wrong. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's pretty it's pretty interesting. But overall, it, it's really really great. It's eye opening to see what kind of technology is out there and, and how people can deploy it and stuff. And you know, I'm hoping at some point it turns into you know a, a pretty good career because I, I it's definitely there. I think everybody hears tech and they think you know this is it's kind of a cool industry. So so yeah, so it takes up some of my time there and and then all that still trying to spend some time here at the at the rink and, and around the team. Carl, one of our all-time favorites. So great to have you back in the area here and be able to chat with you like this. And uh, good luck with Thundercat Technologies, and, and we hope to see you around the rink soon. Thank you for this. You will. Thanks, John. Sure is nice to have Carl and his family back in the area. Look forward to seeing him around the rink this season. Up next, it's the Capitals and the Ottawa Senators Thursday at 7 o'clock from Canadian Tire Center. Airtime with us is at 6.45 on 106.7 The Fan, 1500 AM and CapsRadio247.com. Have a great Tuesday, everybody. For the latest on the Capitals and hockey news around the clock. Let's go, Cap! 
Tune in to Caps Radio 24-7. Listen online via the Capitals mobile app at CapsRadio247.com or ask Alexa to play Caps Radio 24-7 on TuneIn.